This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Today, I'm going to talk about running. Uh, the weather is actually getting better in Chicago for it. Uh, I just have not made the time to get out there and run, but it, it correlates with a, a benefits uh, story that I'm a case study, actually. So listen in, this company uh, that I want to talk about is roughly uh, about $60,000 in savings even after three years. So it'd be something worthwhile um, listening to how we strategize and how we move forward with that. And maybe it'll work for you. But but I want to start out talking about running. It is a little bit of a passion for me. I, I'm a big scuba buff and now my kids play hockey. But um, somehow running has always been there. You know, the, the the weather changing is definitely a constant reminder for me to get out. I kind of got off the bandwagon. Life got um, in the way. Um, busy sports, busy work, um, busy life. And so, you know, why does somebody run, I guess? Um, you know, they always talk about this runner's high. And that's true to a certain degree. Uh, and, and a lot of people eventually will encounter that, but it's just more of your body reacting to um, that length of run. And it could be a mile, it could be uh, several, but it, it kind of puts your mind in a daze, which is another reason that people uh, run, uh, just like any other sport activity, um, kind of puts your mind in another set. And I always say, like when I run, I don't normally use or bring an mp3 player or listen to music a lot of runners do and i i want to say most do but very few don't there's some safety reasons um for that you know you can hear cars coming and noise in the background plus it's always nice um you know to hear the outside outdoors right like uh, maybe birds or whatnot and so that's nice but i always say the music between your ears are you usually the best music you can listen to if you think about it, some of the training runs that I've done, um, and then even the long runs, you're talking about you're, you're, you're running between 5 and 15 hours. That's a lot of alone time to try to figure things out, right? And so your mind can wander in so many different spots, your goals, right? You know, your relationships, a whole bunch of stuff. But I definitely the outdoors, I mean, I have some ambitions to still continue to run, uh, even always as much as 100 miles. Uh, there's a run in the Florida Keys. I would love to run um, along the highway in the Florida Keys and get that sea breeze going across the, the highway. I think that would be fantastic. I also want to run in the mountains. Um, so like uh, go to Colorado and run, run or even bike. Uh, I would love to cycle. There's a lot of cycling races up the, the mountains there. I think that would be awesome. Um, and then there's a, uh, several other goals that I want to uh, meet before I can't run anymore and then maybe transition over to cycling. But Running is also not for everyone, and so why? But why, right? And so most of the runners I've met that said, "Yeah, I just not a, you know, not a runner. I just don't like it. I hate it." Most of them just haven't given it enough time, and and just like in business, sometimes we make moves faster than we should. We need to stay the course a little bit longer. So I may be generalizing what a lot of runners that say they that running is not for them, but. But a lot of them, if it ends up becoming a goal, like they want to run a marathon or whatever their goal might be, a lot of them end up starting to enjoy running. Um, not all of them, but a lot of them will all of a sudden say, hey, this this is something that I've never experienced before. And uh, they end up enjoying it. And even if they're not running 26 miles uh, ever again after their marathon, but 
they're running 5Ks. And then, of course, the new uh, joke is ultra 5Ks. But um, but 5Ks, three miles, right? Even if it's just a mile, like they become runners at that point. And just because you don't do 26 doesn't class doesn't mean that you're not a runner. Um, so so once you accomplish your goal, uh, running is running, right? So one mile, 100 miles, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, we're all the same. What's the training like, right? And so some people to get started and some people like myself, I got to get moving here. Right? Spring's here and, uh, I don't, you know, I have some goals. I want to try to get to 40 to 50 miles a week uh, and running by the end of the summer season um, before hockey season starts up again. But, you know, life will take its toll a little bit. But even if I get the 30 miles a week, I, you know, I think it's a good accomplishment and it'll set the pace for the following year where I, I want to go after that 50 mile run again. And so... No one starts, you know, from zero and goes to 100 miles uh, without some training. And training can take a long time. You've got to have patience, right, and baby steps. Um, there's going to be a lot of growing pains, just like in business and, uh, and the topic I'm going to talk about. Uh, you know, just got to be patient and, and work the work and just let the path take its path. And so there will be setbacks along the way. So you're going to have to either kind of start all over or regroup and figure out where you're at and then how do you proceed going forward uh one example of that is um sometimes when you're training for anything um there's injuries that come up and along the way and those are accepted to a certain degree uh so some people give up at that point a lot of people give up in general and so they just don't stick around long enough to to make it work and same thing with new strategies in the workplace when it comes to benefit programs. So injuries could be a setback and uh, you have to maybe adapt and make some changes, change course, right? Like, so uh, sometimes when I'm running a lot, my lower legs will start bothering me to a point where I need to take some days off. And so I'll transition to cycling and, or I'll just walk, uh, you know, for several miles instead of running. And so um, just keeping the activity level up, but changing the course uh, from the setback. There will be days um, and sometimes even weeks or months or years that you'll have to make these changes. You might um, you might have to downplay it, right? There's days that I've gotten up and either because of limited time or how I felt or whatever the case might be, um, I just go out and just do one mile, even though I've been training for a 50-mile run. One mile is one mile down, right? You just start somewhere. It all adds up over a period of time. So uh, if I'm running 50 miles, it's one mile at a time. So even when I've completed the 50-mile run, uh, literally, to keep motivated, it's one mile at a time, one foot in front of the other. Just got to keep moving and stay the course. There is an end. You just have to get there. The same thing with trying to make transitions with benefit programs or anything in business, right? One step forward, keep moving towards that direction, and there is a path. And I tell you, there's so many times that we've, I've done trail runs for fun, and we're running, and you get lost on the trail. Well, eventually, the trail runs comes to an end at some point and uh most adults running in these trails will figure out along the way where they're at even if it comes to an exit and you're like oh there's 95th street right whatever it might be so uh, it's the same thing in business and and also implementing different ideas for the benefit programs to kind of change directions is sometimes you have to stay the course and figure out where the exit is you could change course again once you get to that exit you can change your plan right you could start all over again you don't know how many times with my running schedule that i had to readjust because of time restraints or kids schedules or whatever it might be you just have to keep 
stay the course, just readjust. Same thing with a ship in a storm, right? Um, in the Navy, we're going across what they call the big pond. There's storms that happen on a regular basis. Most of the time it's flat, but there are storms that come through. So we change course, right? And that's probably why most of the time we see it flat because we avoided the, uh, the sea storms. But I also think the captain of the ship one time actually um, went right in the middle of the storm. He said he did it by accident, but I think they did it on purpose uh, for morale purposes, they say. All, all is good there, but uh, sometimes we do have to change course in order to um, keep the path. It'll probably take you longer than you expect. Everybody wants short-term gains, um, and sometimes it doesn't work out as planned. So um, definitely look longer. You have to stay stay the course. So back to running, uh, I always felt that it definitely took me longer than the average person, and maybe it didn't. I'm comparing myself to a lot of um, runners that I see run on a regular basis. They probably went through a lot of the pain and struggles that I'm, uh, I'm going through. It could be because I started running the longer distances later in life. Um, it could also be just be the complex work schedule that um, and personal life and hockey schedules and sports, whatever it might be. It just simply just takes longer, right? And so we have to adapt to that. The other thing I always say, um, because I stole it from from the military is called embracing the suck, right? It's going to suck at some point, even implementing new benefit programs. There's going to be suck points that you're like, why are we doing this again? But you got to push through because you're going to have new light at the end of the tunnel. So you got to keep putting through. But with, with the, the running, we just, you can't simply just give up. Same with things in business. It's human nature just to toss your hands up. Uh, you don't know how many times people I've met, not only in business, but in the running community that just finally just toss their hands because it's taken much longer. It, it sucks. They're not looking forward to the runs in the morning. And so they just have to change a pace. But um, some of them just give up. They toss their hands. It just takes a lot, long, a lot more money, a lot more energy, uh, a lot more pain in um, business and life. It's just the way it goes. And our expectations are usually faster than what the uh, the reality is, so we just have to stay the course. So with the benefit program, when we're making changes, sometimes we have to embrace the suck because they, the changes may not be what the popularity contest wins the trophy, if you want to call it that. But you know, sometimes we have to change the direction. We have to change the mindset. We have to change the procedures, right? If you want a different outcome, I'm telling you, some of these businesses are on the verge of bankruptcy because they don't want to change course. They don't want to take action that may be against everything they ever thought about before. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that their mindset is definitely wrong. And so they always want it easier. Like it's just so easy to go to the big blue or the big green or the big whatever. Um, it's just always the same way. And there are always expectations that it always should be cheaper. Uh, I don't care if I came in with a 1% increase, it's always too much. 1% across the board is hard. Uh, it never happens, but somehow people are expecting that it should be zero, right? And And at the same time, pay claims, right? It just doesn't exist. Um, all what we're trying to do is control everything as a whole. And we talked about it on other podcasts and I'm going to talk some of the strategies going through here. It shouldn't be so hard. I've heard that. Why is this so hard and complicated? They dread the renewal. They dread even shopping for insurance. They don't want to talk about it. Um, I've had some people that hang up on me because they're just so frustrated with health um, benefit programs, health insurance, how to implement it, how to deal with employees, right? It's just the fact of life, right? And and head into a different direction if you want different outcomes. You have to, just like your employees, you have to educate your employees and give them resources to change the outcome. It, 
same thing with you. Certain brokers are going to provide resources and expectations to change the course to have better outcomes. But it's up to you if you really want to do it um, or just pay the higher price, right? Um, just step on a nail and, and deal with the pain, right? So it's going to take a little bit longer. It will always be more complex than you expect. It will probably even cost you more in the short term to get to where you need to be in the long run. So to give you an idea what's more complex is that when you go through a renewal process for a business or even startup uh, for that matter, there's options in comparison, right? So are we doing ACA, um, small group, small groups could still go, the rating could still go up to 50 or in some cases more uh, employees. And so you may still be in the ACA brackets. And then you also got level funded and fully self-funded programs, right? And so getting out of the ACA uh, and move into a self-funded type product is far better. But again, you have to go through the process. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be against a lot of things that you've been taught for 20 years. It's not going to have the fancy blue logo on the card, but everything is going to work out just fine, right? There's a little bit of faith, but have the resources. Um, brokers that are working in these spaces will have uh, resources to give you more confidence. And some of it is leading with faith, right? And so sometimes you wake up in the morning, you have to lead in faith that you're going to make it 10 miles that morning because that's what you set out for. And that's what you've been training for. And it's the same thing with a lot of things. You just have to have the faith um, that everything you've been working on or trying to work on is going to move in the right direction. So you're going to have to spend more time trying to figure out which direction you're going to go and, and get out of the space that you're in. And definitely changing, changing course and doing something different, you're going to have a lot of uh, pushback. And, and even yourself, you're probably fighting, hey, you know, but it's not the big blue or it's not this or not that, right? Like, well, the big blues don't operate in certain spaces to help save money. Uh, they're in the business of lack of transparency, more administration costs, but they can't tell you what they're charging. They can't tell you or uh, they choose not to, should I say, they choose not to. Uh, show you what the claims are. You could be the most profitable entity that they have, and they're not going to tell you that. They're going to say, oh, based on costs and services, your premiums are going to go up by 10% or 15 or 20, right? You have, they, have, they don't give you backing to it and justify it. If your paper costs went up, you would challenge that um, vendor by shopping around, and you might go to a company you haven't heard of before. But as long as it's supplying the paper you need, and its quality is there, and it's the outcomes are what you expected, then why wouldn't you switch? You do that with any other line item, but you won't do it with health insurance. You will probably go bankrupt if you keep doing the course that you're in. I'm going to give you a prime example of that here in a second. And so there will be naysayers along the way. Your employees are going to give you feedback and say, "Oh no, no, no we trust this." Right? Well. There's no trust when you can't afford the premiums anymore. So either you make changes to change directions, get out of the ACA space, get out of that pricing. Uh, it's It amazes me how many, even you know, 10 and 15 employees can still move out of the ACA brackets. Um, but it amazes me how many employee, you know, how many employers that have 35 to 45 employees and they're still in that rat race. And they were not asking the challenging questions about where the expenses are going. What can we do to implement to make our uh, have our employees make better decisions uh, for better outcomes? In fact, you could eliminate their out-of-pocket expenses and provide an incentive to go to better quality care. There's studies that are coming out over the last year or so, and I shared some of it on this podcast that uh, there's a indirect proportion to cost and 
outcomes and positive results for healthcare. And so they are finding today, the more expensive it is, the less the quality of care. The less expensive it is, the better the quality of care. Um, and so it's not that you're going to go buy a better car and get better value. That's different than that market. And I tell you, most markets, if you pay more money, you're going to get more value. In healthcare, for some weird reason, it is the opposite. So once you get out of the ACA um, space, there will be a lot more reporting. Your CFO will be in heaven looking at these reports, right? You're going to see um, some of the claim items. You're not going to see them per employee, but you're going to see that there's a spike in prescriptions or a spike in ER visits. Um, things you could control. When you go to your workers' comp and there's claims going on, the insurance agent, hopefully, if you have a good insurance agent, um, or and or the insurance company will actually come back and say, hey, you're making a lot of claims in this area. We need to figure out a way to implement better strategies so you have less claims. That's why OSHA exists, right? But the same thing with benefits. There, you know, we, we find it easy to make the excuse that, well, it's just the way healthcare is. Like, I'm just going to accept it, right? But if you actually knew that there was a way to control some of your expenses and keep your costs lower and reverse the trend of healthcare because of a little bit of education or, or implementing a new program for your employees could save you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, or in some cases, millions of dollars worth of premium savings just because you implemented a small little program, invested a little bit of time to make sure your employees are aware of something. But right now you have, you're clueless. You're just flying in the dark and you have no idea where to land and you just keep flying until you run out of gas. And that's essentially running out of money. There are companies all over the country, employers that is, um, are going bankrupt. Um, as we speak, as I record this, they're on the verge of bankruptcy, if not already closed their doors because healthcare expenses have gone through the roof and they, they have no control mechanism. Healthcare costs are still, still going to continue to keep going up. It's People are using healthcare in America. It's just the way it goes. But if you had a lever that you knew you could pull to help control some of the costs and either reverse it completely or just slow the rate of inflation to the premium cost, then why wouldn't you want to do that? Uh, so more transparency on uh, even prescription drugs, what the actual cost is. Um, there are times where your insurance is way overpaying on a prescription drug and you have no idea. And then there's rebates, right? The rebates in the pharmaceutical world, holy smokes, right? In, in, in a fully insured program, uh, a lot of times the rebates are going back to the insurance company because they're ultimately paying the lion's share of the bill. Um, and so they're cost is really nothing and it should be going back to the consumer or the employer, right? Go back to the health plan that's paying for it. Uh, but in a fully insured Affordable Care Act type plan or even fully insured large group, I'll tell you. So even with the big companies, even though there's a little bit more of claims going on, but the administrative cost and what they're getting kickbacks on, they're not disclosing it. And I tell you, you know, and there's recent laws that require insurance brokers such as myself benefits um, personnel that we have to disclose what we make off of account if it's over a thousand dollars a year and a lot, most of our accounts are but and so we have to disclose that to them but the insurance company is not required to tell you where your their income is we even have to tell you indirect income related to your policy so if we're making a bonus or if we're getting a kickback we're supposed to disclose that to you now whether or not it happens is a different story we can bring somebody on to talk about that that's that's a really interesting touchy um subject but insurance companies are not required to tell you where their source of income is related to your account 
So somehow it's uh, transparency for me, but not for them. And so you're going to be overpaying on administrative, uh, administrative costs. You have no idea what they're charging for it. Whereas if you even just move to level funded, you'll see a lot of the administration costs. You may not be able to negotiate much on a level funded, but on a fully insured, most likely you can because you could actually blow the plan up and piece it back together. If you don't like the third party administrator, you could fire them, keep everything else, fire them, move to another third party administrator. If you don't like the pharmacy vendor that you're using, fire them and move to something else. If you don't like the, they call stop loss insurance. If they, if you don't like the insurance company backing it for some reason, whether it's due to cost or or the, the way the sales guy is or whatever it might be, you could fire them and move to another stop loss carrier, right? And so, and we maybe we'll bring a, 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 a another self-funded, maybe a third-party administrator to come in and talk about all the gears that come into a self-funded world. It can be complex. I always say that if you close the current, kind of like in Wizard of Oz, you close the current, you got the wizard, and um, there's a certain expectation. You could visually see a lot of things. That's where I think our industry needs to do a little bit more explaining. And then behind closed doors it gets really confusing there's a lot of levers there's a lot of things going on just take baby steps you can't run from zero to 100 miles so why would you expect that in a benefits plan it's just one mile at a time hey gang ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner it's confusing weird expenses coming out of nowhere and when you throw in health insurance forget it nobody understands how that works If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year reach out to butch right now 708-535-3006 or shoot him an email butch at elitebenefits.net and be sure to check out the zmar podcast don't wait till the last minute put butch zmar to work for you now all right case study 100 employees roughly give or take uh there might have been a little bit more on payroll at some point but um they're in a fully insured program right now, a big name company. In our industry, we call them the BUCAs, right? And so um, B-U-C-A-H-S. Now H is gone. Uh, Humana's exiting the market. We should probably have a podcast on that. They're going to focus on Medicare, so BUCA. Um, and so um, they're just initials for the big ones. They, they do take the lion's share of the marketplace, but um, they're not everywhere. There's tons of insurance companies out there. But in this case, it was a fully insured. We stayed with the fully insured based on a number of things. So it wasn't just price. It wasn't access to care. It was a whole bunch of things we put together. So what we did was we restructured the plan designs. They are cookie cutter. There's no customization on these. But we changed the offering to the employees to grant more flexibility. And so I think we went from two plans to five plans. And yes, it's a lot, but um, I'm telling you, it gave a lot more flexibility uh, for the employees to kind of make some changes um, in, in their decision making and how they go about this. And so it definitely helped them a ton. So. Uh, we provide them resources and tools to do provider searches, right? We ha- held a Q&A session, uh, question and answer, uh, kind of like a town hall. And then we provided some educational pieces that, to help make better decisions. The group, in this case, even though we were still on a fully insured, they end up 
because employees made different decisions based on new information. The overall, even though there was a 10% increase that year, they actually reversed and saved 25% off the renewal. Obviously, all we did was make some little modifications. It's the same thing where we're not running the 10 miles, right? We're changing the way we train. We're training ourselves to have better outcomes. We're going in different directions. It was actually really hard at first. Uh, You have no idea how many employees were in an uproar about changing benefits. But the employer had to do something, right? The employees are complaining how much they're being charged. The employer is getting tight on uh, because revenue is not where it should be after covid um so they were running into some issues so we even field as our agency we field more calls from that um, particular employer their employees based on their questions because they just couldn't take it or didn't understand some of the questions so they went to us we don't get that involved we organize certain events but we don't take phone calls from employees of uh, employers um with without exceptions um and so we did have another Another Q&A session. Uh, we did because there were so many phone calls coming in. We decided just to have another Q&A town hall meeting and then kind of go through things. And we had to remind the employees of the resources throughout the year. The next renewal, 10% increase. And so, yeah, we're still on a fully insured. It will always go up. The average has been 10%, at least in Chicago. And so there was a, t- a roughly 10% increase, but we're still below the year before, right? We, we didn't really make any plan designs. Uh, in fact, in this case, since it was a 10% increase, the employer actually just ate the cost, kept the premiums the same as um, for the employees out of their paycheck. So nothing changed for the employees. The employer ate the increase. The second year was a 9.2% increase. So we're still going back up. So although the premiums went up, we were still below the market from from if we just left everything the same, which is what they were doing for 10 years, uh, mind you. And so they made some, because they were forced into the ACA plans. And so um, uh, they really didn't do much different than switch to an ACA plan. So in the third year, we moved to, we went from an ACA plan to a level funded plan. And essentially what a level funded is versus a self-funded is self-funded is employers are paying for claims on a regular basis. So the output of money is up and down each month and a third party administrator pays the claim and then you reimburse the third party administrator. Sometimes they set up trust, trust funds for this and basically pay themselves premiums and then whatever's left in the pool, they can reallocate to premiums later in the future or for other claims. Um, so a level fund, it takes an anticipated claim based on the risk model or the risk of the group because there's some underwriting involved and they just say, okay, we expect, I'm making this up, $50,000 a year in claims. So they divide it by 12 months, add it to the premium so they were prepaying it. And so that makes it a little bit more level. Um, and then if they don't use all that money, you actually get a portion of that prorated amount back. And so um, that's one advantage of level funded is that your premiums stay consistent throughout the year. But if you don't use it all, you get some of it back. We had a five life group one time. This was just 2022. They got they got a refund check. Uh, so from the previous year, 2021 to 2022, um, they got a check. Um, and so, again, five lives on the plan. Uh, they didn't really make any claims at all. And so uh, they got a $12,000 check. Uh, I mean, just um, it paid for uh, like a month or two months of premium or something like that. And so um, they were ecstatic, right? Like, so yeah, they still had an increase in the premiums, but they essentially l- cut it in half. I think it was a 9% or something increase. So they now they have a 4% increase uh, if you look at it that way. 
So we move to um, a level funded plan in this case, and we saved uh, save 22%. So we're back to similar pricing than a couple of years ago. So it's almost like you had a decrease in insurance in your back, you know, like your premiums never changed for two years, essentially. So we went that route. And then if we were to compare it to the strategy the other broker essentially was doing, um, they would have been almost paying double. So essentially they're paying 48% less by making the strategy changes and then moving to a level funded plan than if they just stayed the course on where they were going. So they would have almost double their premium. It's crazy to think that way. I mean, this is a larger group. I mean, smaller cases are gonna be smaller and in bigger cases, maybe the risk model is not there. Maybe there's high risk in the group. In this case, it worked out for their benefit. So stay the course, embrace the suck um, for sure. Learn new information. Get second opinions from professionals and validate some of the new information. You're going to head down a road you've never been to uh, through before. Uh, get out of your own way. A lot of times employers get in their own way. Like they just so gung-ho on certain things that they can't. So let me tell you that there's more loyalty to insurance companies. Um, I'm, for us, like consumers to insurance companies, there's all, really it's a one-way street. You're loyal to them. They're only loyal to your money. 